after a catastrophic press conference on Thursday and his opposition leader on the campaign trail on Saturday, 76% of Americans are thinking, what are we doing? We look at poll numbers uh, from a recent NBC News poll. Donald Trump visits South Carolina. We talk about two things that a lot of people are talking about after that appearance. The Super Bowl was last night. There was a specific ad that we will touch on briefly that is causing some angst and heartburn. Doritos? In the Christian community. Uh Uh-oh, okay. And today is President Lincoln's birthday. Can you recite the Gettysburg Address? Today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Welcome in. It is Monday, February 12th, year of our Lord, 2024. Super Bowl 58 is in the books. Justin Hall, Mitch Prosser here with you. Jake Crane will be joining us tomorrow. Obviously a busy sports day for him, so we had to move that uh, to tomorrow. So he'll join us tomorrow. You'll hear that on Wednesday's program. A lot to get to today, and of course our show brought to you by IBelievesc.net. IBelievesc, a Christian operation that is funded by Christians and denominations from across the state. These I Believe license plates are available for you. If you go to IBelievesc.net, low numbers are available as well. Uh, be sure to do that as they support our show, and we want you to support them. We talked a lot on Friday about Joe Biden's press conference. It did not go well. Um, the whole last week has not gone well for President Biden. Some have called it the worst week of his presidency so far. Which is pretty Pretty wild, considering in his presidency we've had Russia invade Ukraine, we have had Hamas killing Jews in Israel, and we had the whole uh, Afghanistan withdrawal that killed American troops. We also had the East Palestine train derailment. There have been some bad stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot more than just a tan suit for for Joe Biden, if you will. I I liked the tan suit. I didn't mind the tan suit. I don't mind my presence having a little bit of a sense of style. Yeah. According to an NBC News poll, three quarters, so 76% of voters, including half of Democrats, say they have concerns about Joe Biden's mental and physical health. Now, before conservatives or maybe pro-Trump voters start jumping up and down, that same poll says 61% of voters have concerns about President Donald Trump's uh, multiple felonies, and a little less than 50% of voters have concerns about his mental and physical health. We'll get to that in a second. A female Democratic poll respondent from Wisconsin who said she voted to for, voted for Biden in 2020 said, quote, I think that Biden's health and age kind of get in the way of his ability to be a good president. I would, I mean, sure. At 81 years old, one question, at 81 years old, Joe Biden not having the necessary mental and physical health to be president for a second term, 62% had major concerns that he did not have the necessary mental and physical health. 62%. Uh, Let's look here. Uh, At 77 years old, Donald Trump not having the necessary mental uh, and physical health. Uh, to be president for a second term. 34% uh, say they had major concern. 14% had moderate. 17 had minor. And 35% of those polled had no real concern. What we have here, and we'll get into the Donald Trump side of this in a second, is we have a president right now that we talked about this, and we won't camp too long on this, has significant mental decline and 
really doesn't have a, a good grasp of what's going on. But don't worry, they're on TikTok now. The Biden campaign announced they were going to be on TikTok, and they did a question and answer session with the president before the Super Bowl uh, on Sunday night, where he was able to pick whether he likes the game or the halftime show, the game or the commercials, yeah. the Chiefs it's, or the 49ers. softball after softball. It's And then whether he likes Biden or Trump. Relatable. Yeah, he's super relatable. So they, so they took the uh, interview... Mm-hmm. They would normally do with a media outlet and put it well, on TikTok. That, and I disagree with that because usually in the Super Bowl interview, there are a few hard-hitting questions. There are a few. I mean, President Biden decided yet again not to do that. Now, last year, they said, oh, well, it's on Fox. We're not going to – Brett Baer's not going to interview me. Right, that was – that was, or Martha McCallum. Whoever Fox would, would have interviewed the president, I assume it would be Brett Baer or maybe Sean Hannity. It'd be one of them, I'd imagine, or maybe Martha. Yeah. Uh, last year, last year they couched it as well Fox News. We don't need to. This year it was on CBS. Hello, friends. I'm Jim Nance. I, just a quick sports aside. You will not find a better NFL play-by-play voice than Jim Nance. Anyway, Joe Buck. Joe Buck would disagree, but Joe Buck is a close second. So. Who's gotten better, by the way? Joe Buck's gotten a lot better. Is Bob Costas still, like, the standard? No, Al Michaels is still the standard. Okay, okay. In my, well, no, I take that back. We'll talk about that off here. Uh, I, I think there, there are a few. You cannot say Howard Cosell. Oh, well, Howard Cosell was good. He was good. But why am I why am I blanking on the one duo? And it's killing me that I can't John remember. Madden... You know, here's the thing. You, well, he sorry, wasn't was a play ter- by was he ter- wasn't play by play. No, he was color. color. Anyway, anyway, I like his video games. Um, so it's not you're going to get hard hitting questions. The problem is it was on CBS, so it's not as if it's not as if you're going to get alternative questions. If that makes sense, you're you're going to get questions that are friendly to you. You might have to be drilled down a little bit, but but they're going to be good questions. The Biden team said that the president would not be appearing in a pre-Super Bowl interview because he wants folks to focus on the game. They're there, they're there to watch the game, not to watch an interview with the president. This guy will do anything he can to not talk to the press, or the American people for that matter. But he did put out a video on social media. This president has really weird niche uh, topics. Credit card charges, airplane seating, airplane junk fees, uh, railroad trains, and and choo choos, and it's it's the stuff that affects the everyman. Yeah, apparently this affects the everyman. Listen, here's here's what they put out on Super Bowl Sunday on the president's uh, Twitter page. It's Super Bowl Sunday. If you're anything like me, you like to be surrounded by a snack or two while watching the big game. You know, when buying snacks for the game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. A bag of chips has fewer chips, but they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually shrunk in size, but not in price. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. It's a ripoff. Some companies are trying to pull a fast one by shrinking the products little by little and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. The American public is tired of being played for suckers. I'm calling on companies to put a stop to this. Let's make sure businesses do the right thing now. 
um, shrinkflation. I've always said that buying a bag of chips is the biggest ripoff yeah, in America. You're buying air. You're buying air. And plastic. And, and a few potatoes. And and that's been the case my entire life. A, a family-sized bag of, they don't sponsor the show, Lay's Potato Chips. You open that bag, that bag might be half full. It might be. That, I don't like it, but I've come to expect so it. Pringles are the way to go? Always the way to go. Yeah. Get your hands Once stuck you in the pop- can. The fun don't stop. But see, I also like Doritos, too. Anyway, Super Bowl party foods come later. This, this, is, this, is, this is President Biden doing everything he can to shift the blame of his own policies onto private businesses. It's all their fault. It's all their fault. Listen, they just need to fill up your, your ice cream more. Your ice cream needs to be the big size again. I don't know. You can go to Walmart. And you can get in the big tubs of vanilla ice cream. You know the one I'm talking about? Yeah. Big tub of yeah. Neapolitan. Gallon. Like gallon tub. Is Guess it what? Still a gallon. Still a gallon. But it costs twenty five dollars. Correct, because of inflation. So by, by by inflation. By inflation. By the way, in the midst of this, there was a report from the Wall Street Journal that came out this week. Uh Vice President Kamala Harris said, quote, I am ready to serve. There's no question about that. Uh, this is in response to the president's issues with the special counsel report, Robert Hur's report. So the media is now looking to Kamala Harris saying, you know, uh, shouldn't you be con- trying to convince the public that you are capable of doing a job? Because if you remember, Kamala Harris, the most qualified, best VP of all time, when she ran for that very office in 2020, she dropped out of the race with not even a delegate. Not no, she uh, didn't earn delegate. a single pledge delegate. So, Harris, who is 59, has previously said she's prepared to be president if necessary, but she's brushed off the concerns about Biden's fitness because Republicans, quote, have nothing to run on, so they look at this. I've been in the Oval Office where heads of various countries, allies, have literally called to ask Joe Biden for his advice. Well, I mean... I... Allies are calling to ask the president what they should do. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. Wow. Yeah. I mean, oof. Also, she said she's vice president, so every problem is a big problem for her. Every every issue is an important issue. Every issue she deals with is important. That's that's good. Because she's the vice president. Meanwhile, Donald Trump was in South Carolina. Conway. I'm glad no one mentioned he was in Myrtle Beach because he wasn't in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> he was in Conway. Coastal Carolina University? Classic recruiting line for teams at Coastal Carolina is to say, come to the beach. We're close. Well, I if you mean the beach, if by the beach you mean leave campus, take a right turn, and then travel for another 25 minutes, then sure, yeah, is, you're at the beach. Is Georgetown closer to the beach yes. than Hilt- Conway? Yeah. Yes. And it's kind of almost it's, an anor. It, it almost seems like Florence is closer not, to the beach. It's not anor. That's not right. <laughs> so, President Trump was at the HTC Center. That is where uh, Cliff Ellis, for, the former, former Chanticleer head basketball coach Cliff Ellis, uh, also coached at Auburn and Clemson. Look at this turn. Look at the look at these oh. connections. Recently retired, uh, but President Trump was at Coastal Carolina at the HTC Center, and he spoke for. 
a really long time. Yeah, which is customary. I mean, he... When when the former president goes off prompter... Which is customary. Things go sideways frequently. Now, there are two comments that people are really hammering down on today. And so it would be... One's a question. It would be inappropriate of us to not talk about it. Yeah, and once again, we're not endorsing or besmirging or anything. Today I've been equal opportunist. Yeah, yeah. We're not endorsing Nikki Haley. We're not endorsing Donald Trump. We're not endorsing Kennedy. We're not endorsing... Kennedy, Kennedy, Kennedy. Yeah, that's so weird. And the skiing picture. What? We're not endorsing Joe Biden or... Jill Stein. Kamala Harris. Cornell West. I'm endorsing... Joe Manchin. Giant meteor twenty. I've heard that from people. No, I'm just serious. Here's, here's Donald Trump speaking at the HTC Center, and he was discussing our uh, alliances with different NATO countries. Of the presidents of a big country stood up, said, "Well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us?" I said, "You didn't pay. You're delinquent." He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You know, he had me up until the very end. He almost sounds as if he's that New York... um, Businessman? Rent keeper? (laughs) Like, Did you pay? I was talking to Johnny down in apartment 401C. And he said, I'm going to be a little late this month. And so I said, you know what? I got a guy. You you late? I break your knees. I guess that. Kind <laughs> no, of he doesn't do it. He gets he gets Billy from down the street. <laughs> Thinking of the Office episode where the guy's got the lead pipe in the sub. Yeah, and he's trying to break Oscar. I was. Kneecap. I thought you were going back to if it's not on the side, I send it back. Oh no 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 no! The insurance salesman who was actually an insurance salesman who thought he was part of the mafia. You just stared down the mafia. President Trump is sort of correct here. I believe that I believe that countries who are involved in NATO and I. I will I will spare you my belief in NATO and the UN for today. But let's just say that in a perfect world these worldwide allegiances mattered. And President Trump has a point here in that, you know, if you're going to be a part of NATO, perhaps you should like pay the fees and the dues to be a part of NATO. If your business is a part of a chamber of commerce, your business pays dues. If you stop paying the dues, you stop being a member of the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Um, the problem I have here is when he says, well, I would tell Russia to do whatever they want. Um, would he? No. Is no, that, is he that wouldn't. Hyperbole? Yes. Is that- yes. It's, Donald Trump is really good at reading a room yeah. and knowing how he needs to placate to people. And this was a way for him to placate to the audience. This was a way for him to rile some people up and you can take that for however you want it but that's exactly what he's doing here the next one i have a bit more of a problem with but only to a certain extent here's here's the former president talking about his opponent's uh spouse over to see me at mar-a-lago sir i will never run against you she brought her husband where's her husband oh he's away he's away what happened to her husband what happened to her husband where is he? He's gone. He knew. He knew. What did he, he know? Knew. What did he know? The implication there, I think. He knew He knew she's terrible. 
the implication is she's going to lose. He's hiding somewhere. And you can actually hear people in the crowd, in the audience, some faithful South Carolinians are like, he's overseas. Representing the South Carolina National Guard. Yeah. and In the Horn and, of Africa. And the U.S. flag. And doing a job. So that many people would not do. Yeah. So and there's a there's a nobility to that. No question about it. The problem there is it's the insinuation that because in this fictitious land, Michael Haley knew that his wife Nikki had no shot at being president. And so, so he's, he's bowing out. He's he's bowing out. He's in the basement. That's not happening. No. And now again, this we have seen campaign tactics from people who are surrogates. I'm not saying it's come from the Trump campaign, but there were surrogates in the periphery who were accusing Casey DeSantis of faking her cancer. I go back to 2015 or 16 when Heidi Cruz, she's out in the, uh, she's on the side of the road. She's got emotional, mental yeah. problems, you know, got little hands, Marco. What is it with attacking these spouses? I, I don't know. And, and Mr. President, with all due respect, not trying to borrow Nikki Haley's line here. Mm -hmm. In fact, let me just say this. Spouses, all political candidates, if you're thinking about running for office, whether it's dog catcher, county council, coroner, sheriff, um, state rep, United States senator, or president for that matter, leave spouses and children out of it. To a certain leave, extent. Uh, to what extent would you allow them to be cannon fodder? Well, I, I, I think... I think if you're involved in illegal business dealings, then perhaps that should be brought up. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, small children, no. Public criminal record. Calling, yes. Calling out, calling out a, a a member, an adult married member of another candidate's family for participating on a platform that their parent says should be illegal. I believe that's worthy of me to be able to call out. Yeah, I'm trying to think. You know, and Princess Diana was really good at gardener children. Um, and, you know, of course, when when uh, Harry met Meghan and, you know, all this kind of stuff, it's like, what would Di say about this? You know, calm down. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, many times the child thing is much ado about nothing. You know, I, my concern, you know, there was a political cartoon of Cruz with his two daughters who my wife and I had the opportunity to babysit her. Way back in the day, that's my weird flex of the day. Uh, yeah, I just dropped that out there. And um, but they were walking them. He was walking them on leashes. You mean like I see people doing them all all the time? Yeah. No, they were like dogs. They were on all four, oh, and it was weird. like I'm trotting my kids out for all of you to see. And you know, it's always been it's the case. It's always been the case that you present yourself as a family person. Absolutely, so it has nothing to do with trotting people out. It they should be off limits to an extent. So I've heard people say if you take a picture. You know, if your campaign picture is you with your wife and children, now then they're they're up, for grabs. they're up for no, no. There's so much to be talked about there that I'll just leave that aside. If you're running for office, let me get back to the original point. If you're running for office, leave children, small children, adolescent children out of this. Their school record should not be brought up. Sure. Their misbehavior should not be brought up. Their golden angel, uh, the perfect child should not be brought up. You know, I will also say this. Don't use your children as props either. Because I've seen that. 
There's a line. You know, Johnny, yeah, right here, he's my, he's my boy. And, you know, don't, there's a line and you shouldn't cross it. Using your children for political gain or besmirging the character or talking about someone else's children or spouses for that matter. I, I almost kind of feel like spouses are even more off limits. Now, let's, let's talk about this. If, if, if the spouse of your political opponent killed someone, I, th- I think that's up for grabs. Crimes. I, I don't, crimes I don't, yeah, are... crimes and misdemeanors. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I don't, I still am racking my brain on how to work that in. I just don't see how that, Mr. Trump, just, just don't talk about people's spouses. That'd be, that'd, you know, yeah. Of course, we have that vain attempt by Vivek during the debate and then Nikki Haley's forced response of you keep your keep my child out of your voice or my daughter's my daughter's name out of your voice yeah so, almost almost got it so close um so that's what happened in politics this weekend uh last night was the Super Bowl congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the San Francisco 49ers in the I believe one of the longest Super Bowls on record. Seventh longest game in NFL history. Uh, The game went to overtime, and under the new overtime rules, both teams get to touch the ball, and it took an entire quarter. How about this? So interesting. The third quarter saw four possessions, uh, two for each team with punts. That overtime quarter saw two possessions, one for each team, both ending in scores. One was a field goal, one was a touchdown. Uh, For what it's worth, I don't know about South Carolinians on each roster, but I do know that the University of South Carolina had two players on on the 49ers roster, Javon Kenlaw and Debo Samuel. Um, and the 49ers come up short again, but the Chiefs get their second straight Super Bowl win, third in five years, and they go for an unprecedented three-peat. It's never happened before. Next year, they won 25-22 to in Super Bowl 58, and my gosh, I didn't realize we were already on number 58. I love what uh, Patrick Mahomes said it, during his post-game interview, the, you know, the, the snap interview. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, first of all, he said, I want to give God the credit, you know, whether that was, you know, props or whatever, I don't know. Then she asked, she said, is this a, the beginning of, or is this a, can you use the word dynasty now? And he said, yeah, yeah, but it's just the beginning. We're not yeah, done. Yeah, well, no, they're like, not done because uh, they're, they're in the midst of uh, big contract years and they've already sown people away. Let me ask you, how do you, how do you feel about that? You say, well, that's awfully presumptuous of you to say. No, they've won three Super Bowls in five years. What would you call it? So, when um and I, this is a reference you may not remember Patrick Reed yep. the golfer yeah when he won the Masters back in what was that twenty one I want to say eighteen or eighteen or nineteen he Before said and, and during his post round interview in the media center he said my first Masters win and a lot of people like technical foul crime on the play you know flag on well, the play golf is different so you know and they said well, he's not being very gentlemanly like or whatever no, that's golf. Yeah, so I, I'm just curious, like when you there's the difference humility versus no. I think it is a three Super Bowls in five years. Patrick and the Chiefs have made the AFC Championship game every year he's ever been a starter. They were not the number one seed this year. They had to go on the road for much of the playoffs. Oh this yeah, year. they played from behind, and they played from behind quite a bit. Yeah, and they beat the number one seed in both the AFC and the NFC. Yep. Uh, it's a dynasty, and as much yeah. as I wanted to see the 49ers win last night, uh, because you know I, I 
I've always kind of had a soft spot for San Francisco, and I'd like to see Kyle Shanahan get the bugaboo off his back of the Super Bowl. Um, but th- it's fine. I it's just, fine. I, I just I, wanted to see Taylor Swift win. It, the dynasty, I think, is, is rather alive. The Super Bowl commercials were a big talking point last night. One of those that has really ruffled feathers... Are you is, talking about the Dunkings commercial? N- n- no, I am not. One of my uh, probably my favorite commercial was the Christopher Walken BMW commercial. It's, it's great. It's that excellent. one was good. The uh, Dina Mite, yeah, Doritos, Doritos commercial always so Doritos good. always get really good. The Reese's commercial with the new Reese's yes. peanut butter cup with the caramel, brilliant, brilliant ad there. The He Gets Us ad though was a problem for me. They all are though. All their ads are problems for me. It starts so there's secular music playing. You got a son washing his dad's feet. Okay. You've got a cop washing a black gentleman's feet. Okay. You've got uh, two high school girls. One appears to be the popular blonde. The other one kind of the outcast mm-hmm. uh, emo type. Yep. You've got a cowboy washing the feet of a Native American. You've got a woman washing the feet of a younger lady outside of a family planning clinic. Abortion clinic. In the background, you have people holding signs so and talking to one the, another. She crossed the line. She crossed the, she, yeah, yeah, she yeah. crossed the picket line to wash the feet. Uh, the next one is a is a girl. I'm a, I'm guessing caring for her mom. I see uh, alcohol and, and liquor bottles all around in a very dirty house. Mm-hmm. Um, she's washing her feet. Uh, the next one is um, a an oil rig worker washing the feet of a clean air environmental protester. You've got a suburban mom washing the feet of a migrant holding her baby uh, just getting off of the bus. You've got a, a a southern, obviously southern family outside their house because the husband's sitting on a folding chair. His wife is washing the feet of a Muslim woman. Um, same thing, two protesters each side uh, washing each other's feet. A, a a a black man and a white man sitting on an old saloon porch. Uh, both feet are in the bucket at the same time. Then you have a Catholic priest whose shoes are off. He's washing the feet of an obviously homosexual roller skater. The problem is... Okay, I I think that's the last one. Uh, And then it fades to Jesus didn't teach hate. hate. He washed feet, period. He gets us. He gets us, all of us, us. Jesus. Jesus, he gets us.com. Slash love your neighbor. Now, I want to make the point that people are like, oh, well, this is funded by Christians, blah, blah, blah. He gets us, this is from their webpage. He gets us as a diverse group of Christian followers with a wide variety of faith journeys and lived experiences. Ooh. Our work represents the input from Christians who believe that Jesus is the Son of God, as well as many others who, though not Christians, share a deep admiration for the man that Jesus was. You've lost me. Is. You've lost me. Whenever you say Jesus in the past tense as if he does not exist anymore, you're removed from the gospel. You're removed from basic orthodoxy of Christianity. And they are, quote, deeply curious and inspired to explore his story. We look at the biography of Jesus through a modern lens. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. To find new relevance. That's a problem. And often overlooked moments and themes from his life. What does that mean? That is mumbo-jumbo, new age, meo-Christianity, Yep. hoopla that does nothing for people and i'm telling you this he gets us commercial is nothing but oppressor and oppressed yep. and trying to further a dialogue that jesus washes the feet of sinners no 
He watched the defeat. Defeat. He watched the, the defeat. The defeat of the <laughs> disciples. He watched the feet of the disciples. Yes. Yes. He didn't. Yes. He did not. Now his followers. Now again, I also want to make the point that we always hear like he he dined with sinners, and that is so true. And he did. And that is so true. Guess what? But he also the sinners invited the sinners invited him in. Yes. And guess what? Once they're around Jesus. They weren't they, the same. They changed. They changed. I love what, I love what uh, one preacher said. My pastor said this several times. He said, Jesus loves us enough to meet us where we are, but loves us enough to leave, uh, not to leave us that way, to ensure that after we've encountered him, that our lives are changed, uh, ir- irreversibly changed. And this commercial set of commercials in this organization which is funded by a group of people kind of related to a church in Tennessee but not really um and and Justin you and I were talking about uh, a little theology before I'm going to throw out two words for you uh and I'll explain both um the, the purpose of the gospel is not androcentric. Andro meaning man centric, obviously mm-hmm. centered. The purpose of the gospel is not so that we understand that it's all about us and Jesus did everything he did for us. And, you know, man is, you know, no, it is Christocentric. Obviously, right. it is Christ centered. The whole purpose of the gospel is for Jesus to be glorified. For Jesus to be lifted up, for Jesus, yes, to redeem us to Himself, but as Paul tells us in Philippians, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter two, verse ten, we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. For which good God works, prepared ahead of time for uh, us th- to do. Yeah, absolutely. So God sent Jesus to glorify man. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. God sent Jesus, yes, to humble himself, Philippians chapter 2, become like a man, become obedient unto death, even death of execution on a cross. Yes, he humbled himself and gave his life. Yes, but why? So that, you know, two people could put their feet in the same bucket and no, no. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross, so that he could draw people to himself so that he would be glorified. Correct. The The idea, and and even those of you who attend church weekly, I might fluster with this, with this statement. You are not God's endgame. And having, and, and I... And having a relationship with you is not God's ultimate goal. Ooh, uncomfy. God's ultimate goal is that his creation be creative and bear much fruit. You see it throughout the creation story because in the bearing of fruit, you glorify the creator. The the other the one the creator, if you will. The other one that a lot of people are saying right now, and I, I I would I would nearly guarantee that he gets us either on their website or in their common vernacular, it would say something along the lines of, you know, be the best you you can be. I want to hit that on I want to hit that full frontal for just a second. The best you you can ever be will always fall 
flat in failure in comparison to who Jesus Christ wants you to be. To become more Christ-like is not to be the best version of yourself. Yes, God made you who you are. He gave you unique giftings and abilities, but all of that is so that you become Christ-like, more Christ-like. Are you ever going to be completely Christ-like? Not on this side of death. Uh, When we spend eternity with him, we we will know him as we are known. Until then, your goal is not to be the, my goal is not to be the best Mitch Prosser I can be. It is to be more like Jesus. He must increase, John 3.30, I must decrease. Him up, me down. I, and I know we, we said in prep we weren't going to spend a lot of time on this. We're not trying to sermonize here either. I, th- I just think it bears this topic, it, we're, we've got to be very careful because we're getting off the rails in Christianity intentionally because the liar is invaded. The liar, Satan, the devil, the deceiver is in the camp. And my, you know, I heard, I heard a great preacher years ago, my dad, You'd say, if, if Satan can't beat you by opposition, opposition, he'll beat you by imitation. And that's where we are. We have a lot of people masquerading in the name of Christ right now, but they care nothing of his word. They're not, they're not Christ followers. And if we are going to live a life that is worthy of the calling he's placed upon us, then we just walk in his footsteps. We, we, we don't parade in humanism. I am me. Hear me roar. No. I just, honestly, I want him to be magnified through my life. And in my life, in 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 my family's life, in, in, this sounds, you know, kind of scary. But in my death, in everything of who I am, it's not about me. And if you're listening to this right now, and you're like, "We know it's not about you, Mitch." Can I can I just be real with you? It's not about you either. It's about him, him magnified, him glorified. Okay, now I'm preaching, so I'll step off the soapbox. There's this interesting thing it's the age-old thing jesus washed judas's feet too um john 13 by the way is where you can go to read this account this is the night before his crucifixion this is after the feast of the passover um they they have dinner um and then he jesus gets up girds himself with a towel and begins to wash the disciples' feet. Um, Simon Peter, always the incredulous one, asks, why are you washing my feet? Um, Jesus says, what I'm doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Um, Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Right. The washing of the feet shows the humility of Christ, and that's totally true. It also has a much deeper connotation and meaning than just, oh, Jesus humbled himself and washed the feet of people who were his friends and not. 
Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. You are not all clean. Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say so, for I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. A servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. We should, as Christians, treat everyone with dignity and respect as image bearers of God. However, there has to come a point where you have to be willing to call sin what it is. At some point, and nowhere in the Gospels, nowhere in the New Testament, nowhere in that pesky Old Testament that no one likes to talk about, do we find God proliferating the idea of an oppressor-oppressed relationship. And to make the gospel about you is uh, doing exactly what the serpent in the garden would want you to do. Finally today, I mentioned uh, when we started the show, dinglessly, by the way. Yeah, did you ever give the I date? I gave the date. I gave the date. Since it is Monday, February 12th in the year of our Lord, 2024. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. You gotta give it three or four times. Uh, there are people who are going to be very upset. I'm so sorry. Today is a birthday for a former president. Benjamin Franklin. Yes, <laughs> the greatest president. Invented electricity. Uh, president <laughs> Abraham Lincoln was born on this day in, oh gosh, let me see if I can, 1809. In a log cabin? In Hodgenville, Kentucky. And his birthday is not celebrated as a federal holiday. It's been combined with Washington's birthday. They split the difference. They split the difference and put it on the next Monday. So that'll be President's Day will be celebrated next Monday. So enjoy your federal holiday. Remember, banks are closed and no mail's going to run that day. But I think it's interesting because Mitch just showed me. I don't know. Was it one of your kids? Assignments, or was it an assignment you had to give? That was your one, class. That was, that was my U.S. government class, and that, and that and that's what grade? Uh, sophomores. Sophomores. So tenth grade, sophomore, um, tenth graders having to fill in the Gettysburg Address, different blanks in the Gettysburg Address. I can tell you, I was not able to fill them all in. There were twenty eight. Mitch had to kind of help me out a little bit, but I got the first half. Oh yeah, you I did well. Nailed the first half. You did well. Um, but I think it's important that on Lincoln's birthday, as we wrap up, we read uh, this... Something that no one would ever remember. Address, yes. He gave this address. It's 272 words on November 19th, 1863, on the battlefield near Gettysburg. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation, so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war, and we have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those here who gave their lives, that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this, but in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power 
to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living, rather, to be dedicated here to that unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave here the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from this earth. Uh, One of the great speeches in American history, possibly in recorded history, uh, brevity was Lincoln's thing. Yeah, the other guy. that Spoke for like two hours. Yeah, and everyone came because, for those of you that didn't know this, Lincoln was not known as an orator. Correct. He had a uh, what some would consider a shrill, scratchy, um, mildly high-pitched voice for a man of the day. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis did a great job encapsulating yeah, that. And everyone came to Gettysburg for the consecration or the the dedication of this graveyard or, or cemetery for those that had fallen, expecting the other gentleman mm-hmm. to be the keynote. And he was, and he certainly was. He spoke for hours. I believe the exact time was around two and a half hours, um, and no one even knows his name. Yeah, I don't know his name. You couldn't string three sentences to, sentences together that the guy said. Two hundred seventy-two words that I believe shaped much of the. Second half of the 1800s, and much of what you and I know is as policy. Right. You know, the government of the people, for the people, by the people. You know, he was reiterating many of Jefferson's thoughts. And and maybe we can do a show on this later. Fascinating corollary between he and the son of a founding father, John Quincy Adams. Mm-hmm. Um just just really cool. Really cool. Um, happy birthday. Happy birthday to President Lincoln, who would have turned 215. Quick math. Nine, right on that. 1809. 1909 is 100. 2009 is 200. Plus 15 years be 2024. 16. Yeah, 15. 215 15. years old. Wow. Um, so, we hope you enjoyed your weekend, your Super Bowl weekend. The Super Bowl's over, though. So for those of us who enjoy good sports, it's baseball season, my friends. Spring, yes. spring is shortly upon us. He says, as it's uh, kind of a cooler, wet day outside. Uh, college baseball starts this week. Pitchers and catchers report here in a couple weeks. What, what does that mean? I don't know, but it means they're there throwing, and that means that Major League Baseball is right around the corner. March thirtieth is uh, opening day across Major da, 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 League Baseball. Da, da, da. And uh, we got a lot coming up for you. Again, we will be talking to Jake Crane on Wednesday's show. We're actually talking to him tomorrow. But we'll be talking with him on Wednesday's show about a new NIL bill here in the state of South Carolina. And we'll be following this week the continued debate of medicinal use of marijuana inside the South Carolina 
Senate. Ooh, careful. Uh, the, inside the, South, the deliberative body. Inside the South Carolina State Senate. If you want more information on that or anything that we're doing, you can download the Palmetto Family Council app. Get your push notifications turned on for that app there. Or you can go to e- or you can get our email alerts. Go to palmettofamily.org. Scroll down to the bottom. Fill out that contact request form, and we'll add you to our mailing list to get you our email alerts and our weekly emails. We send you uh, as many as we can to keep you updated on what's going on uh, while doing it in a very respectful manner as to not flood your inbox. We try to do everything we can. If you enjoy listening to this show, you can always give us a five-star rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to this thing, um, and that way we can continue to share the good word uh, with folks around the state and around the country because this is the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, even if we don't get our dings on the line. Ding. Still disappointed. For Mitch Prosser, I'm Justin Hall. We will talk to you on Wednesday on the Palmetto Family Matters Show.